Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the NFL Week 5 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. The road to 272 bets continues. If you're watching this on YouTube, you see that I'm wearing my bacon costume. I did say a couple weeks ago, I will only wear my bacon costume in winning weeks. Uh, I gotta admit, this is a little bit of a half-hearted bacon costume that I'm wearing right now because, yes, we did have a winning week technically, um, but uh, it's not the kind of winning week we want. 8, 7, and 1 plus 0.39 units uh, in week four of the NFL season. So, I mean, profit is profit. And as they say in gambling, or maybe just as I say, if you're not losing, you're winning. So I will take the slight, slight win. Um, and now we go to 33, 29, and two for plus 2.69 units. But I want the bacon costume to be a celebration. And even though profit is profit, I'm going to take the bacon costume off now because I'm my, just, my heart's not in it. Going eight, seven, and one. So here, here we go. Take it off. It was on. I'd say I, I, I said I'd have it on for the intro if we had a winning week. We did. It was on for a minute. Now I'm ready to go. Uh, I got my Blue Jays outfit on. It's the start of the MLB, MLB playoffs. I have very little faith in the Blue Jays, although they did somehow manage to get the sixth seed, which is actually huge for them. Now they get to play the Twins against or instead of the Rays. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I will take it. I will cheer for the Blue Jays. I will watch the Blue Jays, but their offense has not lived up, uh, to the level, uh, uh, to the expectations that a lot of people had for them heading into the season. If you told me the Blue Jays had the number one team, would have the number one team ERA in baseball this year, I would have told you then they would be World Series favorites. They have the number one team ERA, but... I don't think they have any chance to win the World Series. Their offense has not lived up to it. Vladimir Guerrero has had a bad year. Uh, let's call it like it is. Um, so, yeah, I'll watch the Blue Jays. I don't expect anything from them. But this is not a baseball podcast, at least not during the football season. It is a football podcast. Um, and like I said, we did go profitable in week uh, four of the NFL season. So we are on the right side of things after two back-to-back losing weeks. We are now trending in the correct direction. We are still over... Uh, the 500 mark, we are still profitable for the 2023 NFL season. So, hey, if you told me I'd be up almost three units heading into week five of the NFL season, I would have taken it every single time. So 33, 29, and two plus 2.69 units heading into week five. But I would just want to talk about week four a little bit here and recap because if there's ever been a week where um, it's been proven that variance plays a huge role in the NFL. It was this past week. The, I've talked about it before on this podcast, but if you're going to bet on the NFL, you have to accept that 
a large portion of the games are going to be what I call coin flip games, come, games that come down to the final drive. What you want to do is you want to have more easy wins than bad losses. Um, and then at the end of the day, the coin flip games will generally uh, even out uh, over the long term because I was going through the games and the amount that came down to the last drive this past week was insa uh, insane. The Rams and Colts went to overtime, could have gone either way. Uh, Panthers are in the red zone against the Vikings. They had a chance to cover or even tie the game and, and get a chance to win. But even if they scored and didn't get the two-point conversion, they would have covered. Uh, Vikings stopped them. Broncos-Bears came down to the last drive. Commanders-Eagles went to OT. Now, that doesn't really count because the Eagles weren't going to count or weren't going to cover regardless. But still, that went to OT. Steelers had a drive to hit the over late in the game. I was watching that for the over because that's what I was on. They ended up just kind of running the clock out. But still, could have been a last drive touchdown to hit the over. Raiders had a chance to tie against the Chargers. Uh, they got they had first and goal, couldn't convert. Cardinals had a chance for a backdoor cover against the 49ers right after the 49ers went down and miraculously scored a touchdown uh, for them to cover. And then, of course, a Sunday night football game. Uh, Mahomes slid at the goal line uh, two yards away from uh, two yards away from the goal line, just a yard past the first down. Uh, for the Chiefs not to cover. That actually helped me as well. I was on the under 42, uh, under 43, and there was 43 points scored in the game. So if he wa waltzed in for a touchdown there, that would have lost, and I would have had a losing week. So my point is, the amount of coin flip games in a single week when you're betting, betting spreads and totals is insane. So even if you have a bad luck week, you got to trust it over the long term. Those 50-50 games, the games come that come down to one play, the games that come down to one drive, are eventually going to even out. What you hopefully want to do in your betting is have more bets that are easy winners, no sweat winners, than bets that lose and they're not even close. Um, and at the end of the day, if you do that, I think over the long term, you can be a winning better in the National Football League. Uh, I had some bad bets in the NFL this past week, too. Let me just quickly go through them. Dolphins weren't close, lost 48-20. to Saints weren't close, lost 26-9. to uh, Patriots, my upset pick of the week, not close. Um, lost 38-3, to so uh, they didn't cover either, which is actually kind of the ideal situation because it stings when you bet on an underdog to win outright, and they don't win, but they do cover. I would have lost either way. Even if I bet Patriots spread, I would have lost. So you want to limit games where you bet on a team when they lose 38-3. to uh, You want to get as many games as possible where you bet on a team like... Um, like the under between Jaguars and Falcons I had where 30 total points are scored in the game. Um, same thing with Ravens and Browns, 28-3 final score, 27-3 for the under and titans Bengals. So a lot of good under bets for me this week. Everything else uh, kind of came down to the wire or I was on the bad end of a few spread bets. This season as a whole have been much better in totals than previous seasons. I have a few this week as well. Um... And also, it is important to note that bye weeks have started this week. So now instead of 16 games, you just have 14 games to bet on. But I do have my bet locked in for all 14 NFL Week 5 games. Um, oh yes, best bets last week. I went 2-3 and three with my best bets, unfortunately. So I did have a losing record with my best bets. I won Ravens-Browns under uh, and Vikings covered. I lost Dolphins, Saints, and Patriots. Uh, so my three biggest losses were also three of my best bets. That's the way she goes sometimes. We did win teaser of the week. Let's talk something positive. We did win the teaser of the week. It was close. Both legs were close. Uh, but we teased the Eagles down to minus one and a half. They uh, covered that against the Commanders. And we teased the Chiefs down to minus two and a half. They barely covered that against the Jets. So teaser of the week one. Best bets went 
two and three overall we had a very slight profit for the week let's uh, try to carry some momentum into week five and let's get into it it is the nfl week five episode of the bacon bets podcast the road to 272 bets continues let's jump into it no lisa the only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother i call him gamblor and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws All right, Thursday night football in week five of the NFL season, and it might be the worst. Well, not worst games. I think Bears-Broncos, even though it kind of came down to the wire in terms... I think the Bears and the Broncos are the two worst teams in the NFL. Uh, the Commanders aren't in the bottom five for teams in the NFL, but primetime games, I think this is going to be the worst primetime matchup we have all season. It is the Chicago Bears taking on the Washington Commanders. I've kind of gone back and forth. I was tempted to take the Bears. I see the spreads all the way up to seven points right now. Um but I think the bet to make is the over. Now, I've done this in the past. I've specifically bet overs in Bears primetime games a lot for some reason. And it always comes back to bite me. But hear me out. I am going to take the over here. Over 44.5 minus 105 is the juice that I got of that uh, for Thursday Night Football. Um, neither defense has been good. I know the Commanders have a lot of hype behind them. Uh, they did give the Eagles a run for their money. But at the end of the day, their defense has not been good this season. Their offense has kind of carried them for the most part. I know their pass rush has been decent. But they're still giving up 5.6 yards per play the season. The Bears are giving up 6.1 yards per play. We know how bad the Bears offense is. Um, and I actually think this should be a good matchup for the Bears uh, offense. I think the Bears offense might be able to move the ball against this Commander's defense because um, the Commander's, the biggest weakness of the Commander's defense is their uh, inability to stop the run. 26th in the NFL in opponent yards per carry. They give up 4.5 yards per rush. And really the only thing the Bears do well is run the football. Fifth in yards per carry, getting 4.7 yards per carry. So I think the Bears can run the football, score uh, a few points. I will hand it to, uh, to the Commanders outside of that game against the Bills. Their offense has, for the most part, looked good. They are able to move the ball and score points. I don't, still don't know if Sam Howell's good or not. I guess we'll kind of see about that. I'm still not sold on the Commanders. I'm not as high... Uh, on them as other people are but at the end of the day their offense can move the ball their defense has struggled so it's a bad game it's an ugly game i'm sick of bad primetime football games it seems to be a theme this year although finally sunday night football this week we're gonna have a really good game uh, but i will take the over uh 44 and a half between the bears and the commanders for thursday night football we have another london game this week uh, it is a game between the Bills and the Jaguars. The Jaguars are staying in London after beating up on my Falcons last week. Uh, and in this one, another one that I kind of went back and forth on. Because I'm not very high on the Bills, to be uh, to be honest. I'm not sold on them. I know that they already have the highest average scoring margin in the NFL, but some of their underlying stats are troubling for example they do allow the most yards per carry in the entire nfl um, but with that being said i don't think the jaguars can exploit their weaknesses so i'm going to take the bills minus five and a half minus 108 is what i got the bills at in the spot uh the jaguars have not ran the football well at all this year um and it's not even 
is like not even average. It's bad. 26th in yards per carry, 27th in EPA per rush. Trevor Lawrence hasn't been good enough either for them to just completely rely on the pass. Um, I know that they did beat the Falcons last week, but I think that game was actually a lot closer than the final score indicated. Actually, I believe if you look at yards per play, and I'm going to look it up now, I actually think the Falcons outgained them in yards per play. Um, Falcons had five yards per play against the Jaguars. The Jaguars at 4.7. So from a yardage standpoint, the Falcons actually outplayed them. Now, obviously, a lot of that... Um, uh, is kind of voided when your quarterback throws back-to-back interceptions. One of them is a pick six, which is what Desmond Ritter did. So can't win games that way. But my point is I actually don't think the Jaguars looked as good as the 23-7 to score indicated. Now, they might have a little bit of advantage the fact that they get to stay over there and the Bills need to travel over there. Maybe that gives them a little bit of advantage, but that's likely, actually I can guarantee that's already baked into the line. Um, so yeah, uh, the bills, I might be betting against them in weeks to come, but I don't think the Jaguars stylistically match up well with this bills team. So I will take the bills to once again, win in a blowout. Um, it is strange that the bills lost on opening night to Zach Wilson and the jets in overtime. Um, and now three straight weeks, they have just completely dominated their opponents. How, how, how far away that uh, week one matchup uh, feels now, actually the jets two best games have been against the two best teams they faced ironically enough uh bills minus five and a half minus 108 against the jaguars saints patriots uh i guess uh, and i didn't realize this until i started uh going through it here live on this podcast is that the games i feel the least comfortable about i guess i'm getting out of the way early because i don't really know what i want to do in this game the saints and the patriots are two very curious cases because i look at the saints on paper and they should be good offensively they have Derek Carr, quarterback who's a serviceable somewhere between serviceable and good quarterback. They got guys like Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, even though I hate Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara back last week. Like they have weapons, but they can't move the ball down the field. And then you look at the Patriots offense, which has no weapons, also has been bad, and now also has a quarterback controversy, but yet they've still kind of performed better offensively than the Saints. So what what team do I want to bet on here? The team that I think on paper looks better offensively or the team that's been p- performing a little bit better offensively? I I don't really know, so I'll make the obvious bet. I bet that probably every single person is going to be on this week, and it is the under 39.5 at minus 110 between the Saints and Patriots because the only thing I know is that these two teams are bad offensively and good defensively. I guess now we'll just take the under. The under has hit in 10 straight games for the Saints. They have been an under machine dating back into the second half of last season. Um, And the two defenses enter this game ranking 6th and 8th in opponent yards per play, giving up 4.7 and 4.8. They also both rank in the top half of the NFL in uh, opponent third down conversion rate and opponent red zone, uh, sorry, and red zone defense. So third down defense, red zone defense, top half of the NFL. They're limiting their opponents to gaining a ton of yards. Both offenses have been bad. I mean, maybe the Saints offense wakes up and we see a good performance by them, possibly. Maybe the Patriots finally get some good quarterback play, possibly. Um, but I, I'll take the under. I, I, it's an obvious bet, but sometimes the obvious bet is the right bet. So under 39.5, minus 110 between the Saints and the Patriots. Um, Dolphins-Giants. If there is a person out there that exists that is brave enough to bet on the New York Giants to cover in this game, then hats off to them because there is nothing I love more doing more than zigging when everyone else zags and being a contrarian better. 
Um, but I didn't even hesitate. Actually, I didn't bet this game before Monday Night Football. It was at 9.5. Under, or after Monday Night Football, it's up to 10.5. Uh, but I'm not even going to hesitate to take, take the 10.5. I just... this the, the I tweeted this out. I think maybe this is recency bias. Maybe I'm exaggerating. But I don't know if I've seen as much bad football by like this many teams and what I've seen this year between the Giants, the Broncos, the Bears, and to some extent, the Panthers, although the Panthers look like what you would, what you would normally get from a bad team. So I'm not going to put them in that list, but between the Bears, Broncos and Giants, it is the worst football I've ever seen. And it's not just on one side of the ball, both offensively and defensively. Although the Broncos offense has at times look good. Um, but their defense is, is historically bad. My point is, I had watched the Giants Monday Night Football tonight against the Seahawks. That was ugly. That was hard to watch. It was bad. Everyone was bad. Offense. Uh, the offensive line couldn't block. Daniel Jones was throwing interceptions and, and couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Uh, the defense couldn't tackle. Um, now you're telling me the Giants offense, who between the um, Cowboys... 49ers and Seahawks scored a combined 15 points. Now they're going to be able to score enough points to keep pace with the Dolphins offense, which is on a historic pace. The Dolphins offense that's averaging eight yards per play. The Dolphins offense that's, you know, on pace to smash pretty much every single offensive record. I don't see it. Now the Dolphins do have an issue on their team that was exposed against the Bills this past week is that they have a bad defense. So if the Dolphins want to beat the best teams, they have to do what they either did in, against the Chargers in week one, which is just score on every single drive and hope you have the ball last. Um, or they need to fix issues on defense. Because if they play when they play against the Bills of the NFL, those teams will be able to stop the Dolphins offense enough and then score themselves almost every single time. Because this Dolphins defense is very bad. With that being said, the Giants just scored three points against the Shithawks. I don't trust them to... Find the end zone against the Dolphins. The Dolphins might shut them out. The Dolphins might win by 50 points. I don't see how you can bet on the Giants to cover a 10-point spread in this game. Like last week, the Cardinals were 14-point underdogs to the 49ers. I know they didn't cover. But how are you making the Cardinals 14-point underdogs to the 49ers? And then you, you put the Giants as only 10.5-point underdogs to the Dolphins. I guess the only reason is odds makers and betters haven't adjusted their numbers to this year's versions of the team. And hey, maybe my strategy of not overreacting to early games, I mean, now we're four weeks in, maybe I should be using that strategy. In week five, we're going to see some regression to the mean for both teams. Maybe this is a sell-high spot for the Dolphins and a, the biggest buy-low spot of all time on the Giants. But after watching the Giants play now, I've watched them in person once. Uh, I watched the whole game of Monday Night Football tonight. Um, I, and then I watched a full game. Like I've watched probably more giants fo football this year than any other team. Two prime, three prime. They played three prime games in the first four weeks. What the fuck? What are the NFL schedulers doing? My point is I've watched more giants football than I think any other team. And I can't bet them to cover as 10 and a half point underdogs. They're not even at home. They're on the road. They're playing in Miami. Miami might win this game by 50 points again if you're gonna bet on the giants dm me because i i want to talk to the man or woman who is willing to bet on the new york giants against miami dolphins i don't think that person exists i'm interested to see where where this line ends up now is still 
ten and a half as of twelve oh three on uh, midnight from between Monday and Tuesday. Uh, I'd be shocked if this line gets smaller. It's got to get bigger. Dolphins minus ten and a half, minus one ten against the New York Giants. The Ravens against the Steelers, an AFC North matchup here. Ravens playing a lot of divisional games early in the year, I think. Right? They already played the Bengals, uh, played the Browns. Um, yeah, I will take the Ravens minus four and a half in this spot. This might be my best bet of the week as well. You guys know I love net yards per play. It is my number one stat that I look at. It is the average yards gained per play on offense. Subtract the average yards given up per play on defense. The Baltimore Ravens head into week five, ranking third in the NFL in net yards per play. Only the Dolphins and the 49ers have a better net yards per play than the Baltimore Ravens. Meanwhile, the Pittsburgh Steelers rank 30th in net yards per play. Only the Giants and the Bengals are worse in net yards per play than the Steelers. Statistically and analytically, and actually if you want to uh, talk some more advanced analytics. I've been diving into uh, EPA and DVOA a little bit more starting this week. I generally avoid those stats, the advanced stats, uh, in the first few weeks because um, I didn't update my little graphic here on YouTube uh, because I don't like looking at advanced analytics, like super advanced analytics, until we get a bigger sample size of games. So I started looking at them for this week's picks. Uh, in the Steelers, I think... Uh, gonna bring it up here. Our dead last in the NFL in offensive EPA per play. Uh, just gonna bring up my graphic. Ravens minus four and a half, minus one ten. There we go. Uh, let's bring this up. Let's bring this up. Offense EPA. By the way, get my EPA stats at rbsdm.com. I think it stands for running backs are dead something. rbsdm.com. EPA per play, the Steelers dead last in EPA per play on offense. So you want to talk about how bad some teams are offensive. Now, I will say the Giants metrics from Monday night probably haven't been updated based on how bad their offense was tonight. They might be last. Um, but before, not including Monday night, Steelers dead last in EPA per, per play. Worse than Browns, worse than the Jets, worse than the Patriots, worse than the Bengals, worse than the Falcons, worse than the Panthers. And now they have to take on a team that has been very good offensively and also very good defensively. A team that a lot of people didn't trust uh, them defensively. I did. I said before the season I thought the Ravens were going to be one of the better defenses in the NFL, and they certainly have been. Um, I might take what's what's the what's the what's the Ravens Super Bowl odds? Might be time to buy in on some Ravens futures, to be honest. Ravens at least at FanDuel. Sixth on the odds list to win the Super Bowl. No, the value is still in the Dolphins, 13 to 1, right behind them. Ravens, 12 to 1. I don't know if that's the best price out there. That's just what I was looking at. FanDuel. I might invest in some Ravens futures, though. Uh, just looking at DraftKings. Whoa, draft gear, DraftKings of Dolphins at 9-1. to That's a pretty big price discrepancy between them. Oh, and the Ravens at 16-1. to Might bet the Ravens at 16-1 to win the Super Bowl because, um, yeah, they might not have as explosive of an offense as the Dolphins, but they have a much better defense. I kind of low-key like the Ravens a lot more and more every single week. I hate the Steelers. The Steelers absolutely stink. Ravens minus 4.5. Minus 110 in that one. Uh, Lions Panthers uh, I am backing a lot of big favorites this week unfortunately because it's not that's not something that I like to do 
You guys know I like to be contrarian. But I, I got to lay the points of the Lions here. The Lions are, I, I, I've mentioned in the past few episodes, I haven't been too sure what to think of this Lions team. I've kind of gone back and forth. Are they good? Are they not good? I don't really know. They are now fourth in the NFL in net yards per play, plus 1.2. Ravens, 49ers, and Dolphins are the only teams above them. They're coming off a mini bye week after disposing of the Packers on Thursday Night Football. And also, I think uh, the Lions have a stylistic matchup. Uh, that benefits them in this one as well. The Panthers' defense, I had high hopes for them heading into the season. They have not been good. Specifically, they have not been good at running the football. Actually, they're dead or stopping the run. They're dead last in run defense EPA. Uh, they give up 4.7 yards per rush as well. Now they have a Lions rush attack that they've leaned on more in recent weeks, and they've actually gotten better as they've done that. Now they're coming off a performance where they got 4.9 yards per carry against the Packers and really kind of won them the game against Green Bay. David Montgomery... Uh, had a fantastic game against the Packers. So I think they run the ball against the Panthers as well. Uh, the Lions defense has been great. I don't think the Panthers will do much against them uh, either. So I actually like the Lions to win and cover. I got, got the minus nine, minus 110. I think they win in a blowout. I think we need to start taking this Lions team a little bit seriously. Uh, so I'll take a minus nine, minus 110. And now we get to talk about my Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I try my best to leave my bias out of it when I'm betting on or against the Falcons. It's hard for me not to do that because I think this is a buy low spot on them. I'm going to bet the minus one and a half at minus 104 against the Texans. I know they looked bad last week. I think I'm ready to admit Desmond Ritter is not the guy. If you look at like EPA per drop back and quarterback efficiency and all those things, Desmond Ritter is one of the worst. It has not been good. Now, I talked about how he doesn't need to be good. He need In the Falcon system, they just need to be able to run the ball effectively. And you need a guy who can make a, f a few key throws in the game and also not turn the ball over. And I thought that's what Desmond Ritter was. And then we saw last week, because uh, this past week was the first time I was able to watch a Falcons game from start to finish. Um, he missed a lot of throws in key times where he needed to complete those passes and he also turned the ball over. So, I mean, you just, you, it's got to be one or the other. It's got to be you're, you're either efficient and you don't turn the ball over and you make a few key throws and that's okay if, if, if you don't throw for 300 yards or throw for 300 yards and the occasional mistake is not going to kill you like Josh Allen. You can't be both making interceptions and not making big time throws and also not air it out and throw the ball 50 times for 350 yards in a game. It's not good. With that being said, this guy's still young. It's not like this guy has been in the league for a couple of years and we've seen everything from him that we can possibly see. He's young. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to have bad games. There is still a chance he improves and turns into the quarterback that we need him to be on the Falcons. So I'm not ready to completely sell on the Falcons right now. And also everyone's talking about Desmond Ritter. Everyone's talking about the Falcons offense. Nobody's talking about the Falcons' defense, which has been one of the best units in the entire NFL this season. They are, allowed, they are fifth in the NFL in opponent yards per play, giving up just 4.7 yards per play. Only the Ravens, Browns, 49ers, and Lions are giving up fewer yards per snap than the Falcons. If you want to look at the advanced numbers, they're seventh in success rate. They also lead the NFL in rush EPA. So if you look at rush EPA for defenses, if you value EPA more than anything else, they have the best run defense in the NFL. 
So while everyone might be going the other way and betting on the Texans because of how bad Desmond Ritter has looked and how bad the offense has looked, there's more than just offense. The defense is going to keep them in the game regardless. We saw that against the Jaguars. They actually had a chance uh, to really make it a game late. They had fourth and goal, uh, which would have turned it into a one-score game. Couldn't convert, but I'm saying their defense kept the Jaguars in check all game, and they will keep the large majority of their opponents in check and keep the Falcons within striking range for the majority of the game. Now they play the Texans, who everyone's talking about them now. They're kind of the sexy pick. I think now is a little bit of a sell-high spot on the Texans. There's no doubt the Texans have improved compared to last year, but I don't think they're as good as people are starting to crown them as. So we, they got a rookie quarterback as well. They got a guy who's going to make mistakes and have some bad games, especially against a defense like the Falcons, which has been as good as they've been. So I'm going to take the Falcons. I might live to regret it, but I will take them. Minus one and a half at minus 104 against the Texans and a bit of a bounce back spot. Uh, let's take a quick little break. I think we're around the halfway mark. I think we are seven game, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven games in, which would be the exact halfway mark. So let's take a quick break and I'll be back in just a moment. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, let's keep things moving. It is the Titans. It is the Colts. We've been pretty good with unders lately, so we're going to keep rolling uh, with an under here in another Titans game. We hit one last week. We're going to go under 42.5, minus 105 between the Titans and the Colts. Uh, I think the run game for both of these teams is extremely important when it comes to their offensive success, and if that's the case, then both of them are going to struggle in this game. Uh, so 39.64% of the Titans offensive yards this season have come on the ground. 35.92% of the Colts offensive yards this season have, have come on the ground. That is the 6th and the 11th highest rate in the NFL. So yeah, both rank inside the top 11 in terms of the percentage of their offensive production coming from the run game. And now they take on two defenses who do a very good job of stopping the run Titans lead the NFL in opponent yards per carry teams are getting just 2.9 yards per rush against the Titans defense Colts ranked ninth giving up 3.8 yards per rush so I think this is a favorite favorable matchup for both defenses in this game against opposing offenses for that reason I'm going to take the under and also I don't really want to I was I did kind of lean the Titans I don't know how good the Titans are yet to be completely honest uh, I don't know how much last week was just playing against uh, the shitty Bengals. I don't know. They've had some bad offensive performances as well. So until I get a better feel, and that kind of goes, uh, the same thing goes for the Colts offense as well because we had saw Gardner Minshew one week and Anthony Richardson got hurt each of the first two weeks and he looked fine last week. So I need more 
examples of both of these teams playing to kind of completely figure out how good they are. But what I do know is I think defense for both teams is better is, is better than their offenses. So I'll take the under. Under 42.5, minus 105. Cardinals, Bengals. We need to have a conversation about the Bengals because I think we need to start to realize this might not be a good football team this season at least. I don't know how much you can blame on Joe Burrow's calf injury. I know Joe Burrow doesn't play defense, so that shouldn't affect their defense, which ranks 24th in EPA per play, 26th in success rate, 25th in opponent yards per play. Um, I don't think it's it's his calf that allows the Tennessee Titans to look like a world beater last week. Um, if you actually look at net yards per play, now, this hasn't been updated since Monday Night Football, so this may change. But before Monday Night Football, before the debacle that was the Giants' performance on Monday Night Football, it was the Bengals who were dead last in the NFL in net yards per play. Heading into Monday Night Football, it was the Bears, fifth last, minus 1.1. Broncos, fourth last, minus 1.1. Steelers, third last, minus 1.1. Giants, second last, minus 1.3. And then the Bengals, dead last in the NFL, and net yards per play at minus 1.7. Giants were minus 1.3, Bengals minus 1.7. Now, like I said, based on the Giants' performance tonight, when the numbers get updated tomorrow morning, and I will tweet out the updated net yards per play, uh, actually not Tuesday morning because I'm golfing at Glen Arbor on Tuesday morning. I guess either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, I'll tweet out the latest net yards per play rankings, and it might be Giants in last. If the Giants are in last, the Bengals are in second last. Now, the Cardinals did take a bit of a step back here against the 49ers. That was expected, but they're still 14th in the NFL in net yards per play. If you look at quarterback numbers, EPA per dropback, Joshua Dobbs has been an average NFL quarterback, which is actually a compliment. Uh, a guy who was on the Titans last year, Browns in the preseason, the Cardinals traded for him near the end of the preseason. Um, you, didn't, you wouldn't expect much from him, and uh, when it comes to quarterback rankings, he... When you look at uh, EPA or adjusted EPA per play, Joshua Dobbs is ranks 17th. Not bad. Um, Joe Burrow ranks 31st. I like Joe Burrow. I'm a Joe Burrow guy. I don't know. Maybe the injury is really causing him some issues, but... I'm the Bengals may turn things around eventually, and when they do, I'm willing to lose that bet that week, and then my evaluation of the Bengals will change. But until that point, because even their win against the Rams, I actually thought the Rams outplayed them. Until they significantly outplay a team, I will be betting against the Bengals every week. I'll bet against them again this week. I'll take the three points of the Cardinals. Cardinals plus three, minus one hundred five at home to the Bengals. Speaking of the Rams. Money line underdog alert. Money line underdog alert. That's right. For the second time this season, I'm taking the Los Angeles Rams to win outright as an underdog. I had them beating the Seahawks in week one. This week, I'm taking them to beat the defending NFC champions, the Philadelphia Eagles. Rams plus 185 on the money line. The Eagles are 4-0, but they have not looked like, in my opinion... The same Eagles team that won the NFC last year. They are 10th in net yards per play, 10th in EPA per play on offense, 18th in EPA per play on defense. Those aren't terrible numbers, but they're not great. Rams O rank them. They go 8th in net yards per play, 8th in EPA um, 
Um, eighth in EPA per play, eighth in net yards per play, 20th in defensive EPA per play. So their defense is a glaring issue for the Rams. I recognize that, and especially their run defense hasn't been great. So if the Eagles do win this game and cover in this game, it's going to be because they're going to be able to run the ball successfully. But there is one thing the Rams defense is doing extremely well, which could prove pivotal in this game. And that's their second in the NFL in third down defense. Teams are converting just 26.67% per, uh, of third downs against them. You can mask a lot of other defensive issues if you get off the field on third down. That is massive. And that is something the Rams have done significantly well this season. It is time for us to reevaluate the Rams. Week five is kind of a reevaluate week. We need to take a four-game sample size, combine that with our preseason predictions. And I was kind of high on the Rams heading this season. A lot of people thought they were going to be uh, one of the worst teams in the NFL. I didn't see that. And I actually think they're even better than I expected them to be. I think they could be a potential playoff team. I think the Eagles have not looked good yet this season. They're lucky to be 4-0. Now, I'm sure they will look like the Eagles of old at some point this season. But until, until I see that, I'm going to evaluate them as such. I think the Rams at home can beat them. I think their passing game can do some damage against uh, the Eagles secondary. I think Matt Stafford has looked fantastic this season. Where does Matt Stafford rank in EPA per dropback? EPA per play. This website is now frozen for me. Uh, quarterbacks. Sorry, I should have looked this up and had this in my notes, but the thought just came to my mind. EPA per play. It's still, for some reason, not letting me sort by that stat. Um, but Matt Stafford actually not doesn't rank as high in general as I thought. Hmm, that's interesting. Still, I think he's going to have a good game. Based on this graph, Matt Stafford... Yeah. If you look at the advanced analytics, he's been about an average quarterback. That's not kind of what my evaluation of this team has been, but... Um, yeah, we'll see how that kind of lines up. If you look at, like, yards per pass attempt. Um, 10th in the NFL, 7.4. I think the Rams can upset the Eagles. I don't care what the advanced analytics say about Matt Stafford. He's passed the eye test. Uh, plus 185 against the Eagles for the Rams. That is my upset of the week. I do have one other upset, but this is the bigger one. This is the one I'm more confident in. So I like Rams plus 185 against the Eagles. The Vikings against the Chiefs. I will continue to bet on the cheat are on the Vikings every single week because I think the Vikings still continue to be outperforming their record. The complete opposite in what they did last year. Now, they did finally get their first win heading into this week, fifth in the NFL in net yards per play plus 1.2. And I also like the, uh, another bet that I placed this week, a futures bet. You can bet on the Vikings to make the playoffs at plus two something. Let me look it up here. But the Vikings, like I said, fifth in the NFL in net yards per play, um, are only one game. So right now, the team that's in the in the final wild card spot in the NFC is the Falcons at two and two, and the Vikings are one and three. So only a game back from a wild card spot as of right now. And I don't know if there's another team in the NFL that has um, as easy of a second half of the schedule than the Minnesota Vikings. Now odds have been taken off the board for Vikings to make the playoffs for some strange reason. It was up earlier today. I bet it. I talked about it on Joe Osborne's show. I think it's like plus 220. Um, and I want to take a look at their second half of this season schedule here in a second. Yeah, it's like plus 220. 
Uh, let's take let's bring up the Viking schedule. So they have the Chiefs this week, which is a tough one. The Bears will crush, and then they have the um, 49ers. But then after that, the second half of the season, they go Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears, Raiders, Bengals, Lions, Packers, Lions. They have a very favorable second half of their season. With how this offense has been playing, their defense has been playing better than people think. Vikings to make the playoffs at a, a little bit north of 2-1 to one for a price. Absolutely love that bet. In terms of this week, plus 5.5, I like that bet as well. Because the Chiefs have had some issues. I know they're the Chiefs. I know they're Patrick Mahomes. They're going to find ways to win games. Which is why I decided not to make Vikings my upset pick of the week. I'll take the 5.5 points. But the Vikings are the Chiefs. Below the Vikings in net yards per play. We saw week one, the receivers looked terrible. They only scored 17 points in the, on the Jaguars in week two. Uh, they almost allowed the Jets to come back and tie it up and potentially beat them last week. Now, obviously, they beat the Bears by a million points, but that's the Bears. I have some question marks for the Chiefs uh, offensively. Their defense has been fantastic, but I think the Vikings have enough offensive weapons to actually keep this game close. I'll take five and a half points with the Vikings uh, on Sunday. So Vikings plus five and a half at minus 110 against the Chiefs. My other upset pick of the week is the Jets. Uh, I'll be betting against the Broncos for the foreseeable future. I will take the Jets plus 115. Uh, I have a stat here tweeted out by Aaron Schatz, Shates, uh, at A-S-C-H-A-T-Z NFL. His tweet says, the Denver Broncos now have the worst defense ever tracked by DVOA through four games. That's right. So this DVOA started being tracked in 1981. Dating back to 1981, they have had the worst defense in the NFL. The DVOA of 38.5%. In terms of giving up yards per play, they are last in the NFL, giving up 7 yards per snap. 0.9 yards worse than the Bears defense. <clears throat> I don't know how this team could... I don't see how they could possibly be a favorite against anyone. Now, I know the Jets have kind of also had their issues. This is Zach Wilson in the Jets offense. It's kind of like the um, extremely movable offense going up against, a, um, I guess, unstoppable force. So, extremely stoppable force going up against an, uh, an object that's fairly easy to move. But I'll take the Jets because what we do know, one unit that we know in this game that is absolutely the best unit in this game is the Jets' defense. They're leagues above the Broncos' defense. All Zach Wilson does is needs to score some points against the Broncos' defense and they'll win this game. I mean, Justin Fields didn't have an incompletion in the first half, I don't think. Or maybe the first quarter. He, he like completed his first 12 passers, passes or something. Actually, someone tweeted this to me. Uh, MT at Morgan M34 said, if you need any extra on Broncos horrible defense. So this was tweeted by Albert Breer. Fun fact, the, Bron the last time the Broncos defense forced a first half incompletion from an opponent was in week two. Tua Tugavailola went 16 for 16 for 206 yards, two touchdowns in the first half against them in week three. Last week uh, in week four, uh, Justin Fields went 12 for 12, 185 yards and three touchdowns in the first half against them. Broncos defense is historically bad. I will not be laying any points on the Broncos the entire season. I guarantee you that. I'll take the Jets plus 115. Sunday Night Football, finally a good marquee matchup between good 
two good teams in a primetime game. I'm going to take, uh, you know who I'm going to take because I've been talking about how the Cowboys are frauds. 49ers minus three and a half, minus 105 against the Cowboys. Now, you guys know I like to point out what team is a fraud. Um, I, I, I don't want to do this with the Cowboys because the Cowboys fan base is not a fun fan base to go up against. I'm going to be uh, the meme of Jon Snow bringing out a sword in the Battle of the Bastards with just horses coming at them and all those horses are just Cowboys fans. The Cowboys are not as good as people think. They are a good football team. I'm not going to make the claim they're a bad football team. They are winning games by an average of 20.8 points, but they're 13th in EPA per play on offense when you exclude turnovers. 49ers are second. They're also ninth in the NFL in net yards per play, plus 0.4. 49ers are plus 1.8. They are a good team. They are not a top five team. They're borderline a top 10 team in the NFL. Borderline top 10 team in the NFL. Yes, they have won, but their wins, they are getting a lot of defensive and special teams plays that have gone their way that have resulted in lopsided scores, especially in week one and week two against the Giants and the Jets. Um, last week against the Patriots, we saw that at least one defensive score return for a touchdown. Now, their defense in general is very good, especially their pass rush, but I'm not sold on calling the Cowboys a Super Bowl contender, and now they're going up against a true Super Bowl contender in the 49ers who are not only blowing out their opponents, but analytically they're dominating them as well. Second net yards per play to only the Dolphins. Their defense is fantastic. Christian McCaffrey might be MVP. Possibly. He's going to be in the conversation if he keeps playing like this. 49ers are at home. I think they blow the Cowboys out. I'll take 49ers minus three and a half, minus 105. Final game of the week, Packers and Raiders on Monday Night Football. I will take the Packers minus one and a half at minus 115 against the Raiders. Raiders. So I've had issues with the Packers. I've been low on them this year. Their two biggest issues, which I've talked about, number one, Jordan Love's completion percentage. The Packers have the worst completion percentage in the NFL, the worst completion percentage in the NFL, completing just 56.06% of passes. They also can't stop the run. 25th in opponent yards per carry, giving, giving up 4.5 yards per rush. But now they face a team that allows 70.73% of passes completed against them. That's 27th in the NFL. And they're also dead last in, um, or sorry, second last in both yards per carry, averaging just three yards a carry. And rush EPA, they are also 31st. So they're facing a team that can't exploit their weaknesses. They're going to let Jordan Love complete around 70% of passes, apparently, and they're not going to be able to run the ball effectively against the Packers. So the Packers are going to be able to lean on their strengths and not have to worry about their weaknesses getting exploited. So for that reason, I will take the Packers as short favorites on Monday Night Football. And there you have it. Those are my picks for week five of the NFL season. I'm going to recap them, and then I will give you guys a survivor pick. I know I forgot to last week. And then I'll give you my five best bets and my teaser of the week. So let's just quickly recap all of my picks. Bears, Commanders, Thursday Night Football, over 44.5, minus 105. Bills, minus 5.5, minus 108 against the Jaguars. Saints, Patriots, under 39.5, minus 110. Dolphins, minus 10.5, minus 110 against the Giants. Ravens, minus 4.5, minus 110 against the Steelers. Lions, minus 9, minus 110 against the Panthers. 
Falcons minus one and a half, minus 104 against the Texans. Titans, Colts under 42 and a half, minus 105. Cardinals plus three, minus 105 against the Bengals. Rams plus 185 on the money line against the Eagles. Vikings plus five and a half, minus 110 against the Chiefs. Jets plus 115 on the money line against the Broncos. 49ers minus three and a half, minus 105 against the Cowboys. And Packers minus one and a half, minus 115 against the Raiders. My five best bets are Dolphins minus 10.5 against the Giants, the Ravens minus 4.5 against the Steelers, the Lions minus 9 against the Panthers, the Rams plus 4.5 against the Eagles, and the Jets, what are they, plus 2 against the Broncos. So my five best bets, Dolphins, Ravens, Lions, Rams, and Jets. (coughs) My teaser of the week this week. Is going to be the Titans going from plus one and a half up to eight and a half against the Colts. So Titans plus eight and a half against the Colts. And the Rams plus four and a half up to plus 11 and a half against the Eagles. So Titans plus eight and a half. Rams plus 11 and a half. Survivor pick. If you want obvious picks, you got to go with the Lions or the Dolphins. Maybe save the Dolphins, although there's not many teams. There's going to be a lot of teams are going to play that are going to be able to move the ball against their defense this is going to be the only team they're going to play the rest of the year that's just not going to be able to move the ball against them at all so dolphins over the giants you could also go lines over the panthers i think generally a good strategy this year might actually just to be fade the panthers every week um maybe the bears as well or the bears offense at times can look a little bit more scary but if you just fade the panthers you're going to generally be okay so either lines or dolphins if you want obvious picks if you want dark horse picks, Packers or Jets. I think a great time to use the Packers is now. There's not going to be many games you can take the Packers. I think they can beat up on the Raiders. And if you want, to, if you have the balls to back an underdog, take the Jets over the Broncos. I'm actually surprised Jets are underdogs in that game, to be completely honest. So there you have it. This has been the NFL Week 5 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. That helps me out a lot. That would be very helpful of you, even if you don't watch the youtube version of the podcast if you only listen to the audio version look up bacon bets podcast on youtube subscribe dude that helps me a lot like this video and if you are listening to the audio version of the podcast uh rate and review it that helps me out as well uh gamble or bless good luck to all your picks moving forward uh this has been the nfl week five episode of the bacon bets podcast the road to 272 bets continues Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to, no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com.
Code S-T-A-P-L-E, two zero.